Welcome to Event Up, the place where people enthusiastic about events stay in the know on the latest trends within the events industry. Live, hybrid, and virtual experiences. From virtual events to conferences, award galas, and everything in between. Here's your host, Amanda Ma. Hello, welcome to Event Up, the place to get the latest and greatest in event industry news, ideas, and topics. In this episode, we'll be discussing all things events and how you can track your event performance and KPI. Today, I'm extremely excited because I'm joined by one of our clients, Connie. Connie is the Vice President of Events Marketing at City National Bank. Connie has over 16 years of event experience in event management and marketing. She currently supports the National Corporate Banking and Commercial Banking Division by producing their client events nationally. She focuses on exclusive bespoke event experiences designed with a high focus on service and personalization. Connie joined City National Bank in 2002 and as an intern from Inroads, a nonprofit that creates pathway for ethnically diverse students in Fortune 500 companies. But because she was so awesome, they end up hiring her after her internship. Let's jump right in, Connie. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me, and I'm happy to be here. I'm sure a lot of our listeners would like to know, how did you get started in this industry? Because you've been with City National Bank for, what, 16 years now, if I'm counting correctly? Yes. Yes, it's been a long time. Um, I started with the bank when I was 19, actually. And so um, I attended you know, University of California, Berkeley up in Northern California. And I was looking to study in business administration and got introduced to a program called Inroads. And so I attended one of their events and they are a national nonprofit that helps place diverse students in four-year universities into Fortune 500 companies. And so um, it was a really great opportunity to go through that program. And that's how I landed my internship with City National. And so I was able to intern with them every summer. I started in private banking actually. And then I moved over to commercial banking my second summer. And I remembered during my second summer, I noticed there was somebody setting up for an event. So I asked my colleagues, I was like, oh, I was just curious, you know, is there an event going on? They said, yes, actually, we have an events team at the bank. And I had no idea at the time that there were even event planners and banks. And so I just started to think, like, that could be really fun because I was also exploring maybe wedding planning, you know, in terms of a career as well. Even though I was studying business, I was never really a numbers person. So it was kind of a good, um, I would say alignment in the sense I was studying business, but I could also do events in the corporate world. And so I asked and got a meeting with HR. And then my third summer, I landed on the events team at City National. And so I was working with individuals that I'm still working with today. And I had obviously a really great experience. They really just threw me in and I really got to experience doing events for them you know, whether it's social or educational events, even though it was only about, you know, a month and a half, um, we kept in touch. And I did work for a few other companies. So um, 
my last summer at Berkeley, or sorry, my last semester at Berkeley, I interned at Sybase. And um, I knew a friend who was leaving that position. And she said to me, I know you're really interested in events. And I know you were doing interning at City National. Would you be open to taking over my position? And I said, oh, um, I didn't think about it, but I said, sure, why not? So got that position and then graduated, stayed up a year in Northern California and worked for a small firm called RG and Associates. And they actually did meeting planning for the financial industry. So it was kind of like a seamless transition. But then I decided to move back to LA. So um, I essentially contacted my uh, events team at City National and just was looking for referrals. And they said, hey, we have an opening on the community team. It's not events, but they, you know, we do events relating to volunteer work or planning lunch and learns, you know, related to just sort of, you know, the nonprofit sector and inviting speakers and coordinating for our colleagues. So I said, why not? So before I moved back, I already had a position. Um, I did that for a year and then a position opened up on the events team. So I'd been there ever since. And it's been quite a journey because the bank has grown so much. And, you know, even our team, the work that we do, there's been a lot of evolving and growing. And so even though I've been there for so long, I've worn many different hats and have been really able to gain a lot of different skill sets. That's incredible. And I love how you were able to really leverage that in-row program and from there, yeah. you kept continue to keep, I think one of the key thing, you kept all your relationships, right? You yes. continue to keep in yeah. touch. And then so that you're able to kind of transition pretty smoothly overall. Yeah, I, I definitely learned that keeping in touch with your connections is really important because you, you never know what opportunity you can land based on who you know. And especially when you cultivated a working relationship with them, they, they know what you can go up against. And so a lot of times those opportunities open up when um, they know you're qualified for that role and, and they're, they feel confident in referring you. And so I definitely feel like my path that, you know, in terms of my career journey is really based on the connections that I had and the help that, uh, you know, and the opportunities that they gave me. That's great. And I'm sure like, you know, top leaders are always have their eyes out for good talent. I always say is the ABR always be recruiting, right? So when you oh. see a good talent like Connie, yeah. you're like, okay, I remember her. And then you want to make sure you catch them <laughs> when they're available. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I also think it's important to pay it forward too, right? So um, whenever I know somebody who is looking for an opportunity, I always make sure to, if there's something available for them, that I'm helping them too. So it definitely goes both ways. That's wonderful. And you have assisted in planning, you know, in different conferences from Paris to New York, and a lot, of course, a lot in California. So I was just wondering which one you know, I guess, what is your favorite event in uh, City National Bank so far? Yeah, so we've done quite a, I mean, myself, I've done quite a bit of events, but I, if I had to pick 
I would say it would be the business of black leadership. And um, at this time, I'm no longer supporting our multicultural strategies team, but I was supporting them for probably about five years. And multicultural strategies team is uh, run by the manager who really leads uh, an effort um, internally and externally. So we actually have a city national what are called colleague resource groups. And it's anywhere from the Asian American Network to the Black Colleague Alliance to the LGBTQ Alliance. Um, basically, there is a place for everyone, including veterans. And so externally, what the manager does is also on the client outreach side. So that's kind of where I came in to support her on any events that are needed. So if Probably about five or six years ago, she started sponsoring what's called the Black Business Leaders Hall of Fame. And so it was more of a ticketed event um, inviting the Black community in greater LA. And we were more of a sponsor, but then we realized we could really make it into our own event simply because most of the attendees were within her network. We were already paying for them because anytime if you are a contact of the bank that you get invited to one of our events, it's always complimentary. And so we were like, this is a good opportunity to leverage and make it our own into our own series. And so we essentially did a rebrand and then we called it the Business of Black Leadership. So this started in 2019. And it took about almost a year in the making to have this come to life. And the reason why is because, as you know, with any event, it takes a whole village. <laughs> and so um, we actually did what was called an event design. And I had taken this course actually at IMAX with the event design collective team. And what it is, is um, it's an event strategy session where you literally are doing mapping what's called an event canvas map and it's to help create event solutions and spark behavioral change so that when you're planning for an event it's not just the logistics that's important but are you meeting what the vision is from the moment the attendee enters the event and then until they leave right so our goal for this series was um, to really ensure that the Black community knows that they can trust City National and we are a true partner and is very connected to them. And so usually it's a Black tie gala and we mirror that and we had about 150 attendees and we really mapped it out to make sure that every touch point we had an experience from the branding to our vendors to every colleague working the event was all from the Black community. Um, and so we ended up meeting our objective because we got a lot of like client feedback in the sense that they felt really that we connected with them and understood them and basically hit all the points that we had made as our goal in the event design session. So um, this event is also really fun because we usually pick a keynote speaker that is usually from the entertainment industry and is a true icon of the black community. And so there's usually a fireside chat component along with the gala 
portion and then a reception beforehand. So it's always something that this community looks forward to every year, especially because we uh, essentially rotate the keynote. Um, and so I would say that that would be one of my favorite events. I love it. Sounds awesome. I want to be on the guest list next time. <laughs> I'm sure you planned um, very similar events and really fun events because I, I know a lot of your events really hit diversity and women as well. Yeah, and I think it, it definitely hits home, you know, but I love that you mentioned about the event mapping and I can see why when I was, you know, you and I worked together for a long time, but, you know, doing research in preparation for this podcast my team put together all the awards that you have received over the years. It was quite a, quite a list, you know, you're, you should be so proud of where you are from, you've received so many awards, not only from City National Bank, from the True Blue Awards to Out of the Blue Awards. It's quite, so impressive to see that, Connie. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Um, I always feel very flattered when someone gives me an award because, you know, I think especially in our world, it's really hospitality driven and service driven, right? So you want to put on a really great event and experience for your attendees. And that's really what I walk out of feeling grateful for, you know, at the end when I just see people having a really good time or when they're telling me that it was a very memorable experience. And so I think sometimes getting an award on top of that is just a pleasant surprise. Um, but I'm grateful for my colleagues and especially those who have recognized me um and yeah it's just it's it's been a long ride that's great and you know since we're at the tail end hopefully of the pandemic we always say crisis create opportunity what were some of the ideas or skills that you guys had to learn to pivot during the pandemic and are currently are most of your events now virtual or are you guys kind of going back to in-person now yeah, so I'll answer your last question first. We are uh, fortunately going back to more in person. We may have a few virtual events here and there, but predominantly we're planning mostly in person, which, you know, it's been almost two, two years or more since uh, COVID hit. But when it first did, it certainly was, you know, I think just we didn't know exactly what direction we were heading in as most of the events industry, right? And we were, our events were mostly in person and just because we're a relationship bank. So face-to-face -face marketing is really a, a primary and very strong driver within our marketing teams. And so not ever having dipped into that webinar kind of arena, we really had to create from scratch what that experience looked like virtually. And so we we did launch an event in April 2020. And it took about two weeks because we really needed to push something out right away, given that everyone was at home. And what was happening a lot when COVID hit was just a lot of cyber fraud attempts. And there were a lot of concerns around clients you know, personal security, their business. I think there were a lot of uh, clients, you know, getting attacked, you know. And so I think that was the most relevant at that time to push something out as our first educational and virtual event. And we have our in-house experts, like our chief information officer, that was um, part of that discussion. 
And so we, it took two weeks and we were able to invite every single contact at the bank. Um, and that was the beauty, I think, when we learned at the time doing a virtual event is like, there's no limitations to how many people you can have at the event. And we were able to send the invite out a few days, you know, before the event simply because everyone was just at home. So the topic was relevant. Um, we were able to put together a branded landing page, you know, that really represented us, but it was nothing that we've ever done before. And from there on, we really had to wear multiple hats within our team. So whether it's learning how to build emails um, and or an event journey, and you know, we can dive into that a little bit more later, what that means. But it, you know, the sky was the limit. And essentially, we given that we were not able to do in-person events, we really had to learn different things and realizing, for example. It was very costly to do a virtual event with production companies. We taught ourselves how to run a Zoom webinar. And I, I think most event planners did as well, uh, simply because it was free. And we had our uh, technology and innovation partners who helped and trained us. We learned how to basically prep our speakers for the first time how to do and present virtually, which was very nerve wracking for them. Video production essentially became part of our resume. And um, from that point on, as things were shifting, we also had to figure out, well, how do we go back to in-person? And what does hybrid look like? So we formed COVID pods. And so for me, in my COVID pod, I had another, corporate planner from another financial company who actually used to be my colleague at City National. Um, and then also uh, another event planner who was part of the hotel chain and supplier industry. So it was three different perspectives. I mean, granted me and the other corporate planner came from also the financial world, but we were all figuring it out together. And what was great is we were able to share best practices and then learn from one another and share back with our teams. So I would say like during that time when we were pivoting, it was a lot of growth and learning. And, you know, I think um, I'm grateful for, even though it was a tough time for knowing that we were, our team was able to persevere through the unknowns and the challenges and still be able to engage with our clients. And now we're going back to fully in person but there's obviously things that we have to do differently at our events compared to pre-COVID. Yeah, 100%. And I always say the event industry, we're resilient, right? Of all yes. this industry, yeah. like we're problem solvers here. So it's like, as soon as that happens, like, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to bring additional solution or different solution to our clients, right? Yes. I love the pod example that you share. I thought that was so smart that you have that pod because you feel, especially because everybody's literally like trapped in their own home, right? They're, they can't yeah. go out. And then to be able to have a pod and share best practices, that was genius, whoever came up with that. Yeah, it was actually our previous events manager. Um, and, but I heavily benefited from it. I think also it was, 
a time for the three of us to lean on each other because we each had our own set of challenges. And so um, what was nice is we're just really seeing the events industry come together, you know, especially like when COVID first hit, like the first few weeks, there were so many seminars and um, virtual conferences or events that you could attend or just, you know, learn what other people are doing. Or sometimes they were just conversations about what everyone was struggling with. So um, I, I really do appreciate what this industry has to offer. And it just really goes to show you that crisis creates opportunity. Yeah. And as we're currently halfway through 2022, how are you guys planning strategically to kind of set your team up for success for the rest of the year for the event that you have in the pipeline? Yeah, that's a good question. So we recently went through a reorg and um, previously we were supporting our lines of businesses where, you know, I, I would support, let's say, commercial banking on the West Coast only. And then I had a counterpart of our team who handled the East Coast. Now, when we own our line of business, it's nationally versus geographically. And the reason why is because that ensures that we can execute our events, really aligning the line of business's strategy so that it's not so segregated um, between two people. And it just, it creates more alignment, but also more efficiency. So while that does mean more travel for myself, it's um, that line of division now has one point of contact. And especially for the executive leading that division, it's easier for them as well. And so, you know, that's one part of it. Another part of it is we work very closely with, we have a segment team who essentially helps create the marketing strategies for each line of business. So we partner with them really closely to understand what what are the marketing strategies for the year for that line of business. And then when we get requests for events, and I think every event planner can relate usually when you get a request for an event, they tell you, this is how I want the event. This is where I want it to be. This is what I want the experience to be. Forgetting that we are the experts as well. And so rather than sort of following their lead as experts, we're, you know, to be trusted to advise and also help guide them, right? And so we usually do a preliminary kickoff where I want to understand what is their, forget about where the event should be, but tell me about your objective. How can I help and support you in this event to to get you to be able to accomplish your goals, whether it's new business or cross-selling, maybe there's like a new service that you really want to share or just loyalty and retention. And then from there, let's craft an experience together while trying to also help me understand who your target market is for this particular event or audience. And so when I'm able to learn, is it, you know, predominantly men or women? Is it, what's the, you know, age range look like? Um, What are their hobbies and interests? And then from there, we can create an experience because when you customize something like that for them, you're able to really make that experience more memorable. And it's actually something that they want to attend, especially if they get invited to so many different events. And so my goal is not just to put on a fun and memorable experience in the event, but also to help that line of business meet their goals. A hundred percent. We always say begin with the end in mind. 
right? What we're not just doing events for the sake of events, but yeah. why are we doing it in the first place? So it's so wonderful to hear that. And because you're doing all those steps, so I'm sure you probably, how do you guys kind of track and measure event performances? I know people, we get asked that a lot, right? Yeah. Like events is fun. Like, yeah, it was great. But it's like, how do you track that? What kind of KPI and marketing touch points do you really leverage to kind of amplify your events? Yeah, so, you know, actually a few years ago, we really struggled because our entire bank onboarded onto Salesforce. So that was our CRM system. And the challenge is, is that only the bankers or who we call relationship managers were, were able to access that system. And our team did not have access. So what happens is when we had an event and we had to create an event campaign, we really couldn't go in to see what they were doing. They couldn't really relay to us what who they were inviting in that campaign. And so a lot of manual work was done. Spreadsheets were being passed around in Excel, um, exporting out of Salesforce, importing back. And so that was not efficient for anybody's time. And we weren't truly able to track anything related to the event. And so we had a whiteboarding session with our MarTech team. We had a new manager that came on and we ex I explained sort of like the challenges and the pain points that we had and what we were trying to resolve. And it's a one-stop shop essentially that we wanted to try to target. And so we came up with what was called an event journey. And what that means is once a client or contact of the bank gets invited to an event, they are able to embark on this journey where we're able to designate that literally to the day and time of when they get the invitation. If they don't RSVP by a certain date, they'll get a reminder, but only those that don't register. If they register, they get a confirmation. They do also get taken to a RSVP landing page through the invitation. So, and all that is coming from Salesforce. So again, the campaigns in Salesforce, the, the relationship managers are adding the contacts and campaigns. And then when the journey starts, everything is being pulled from that campaign. So basically they get the confirmation if they register. And then if they register, they get a reminder, usually a day or two before the event and only those who register do. And from there on, if they attend the event and we have some sort of post-event amplification, they'll get a thank you for attending the next day with the survey link or some other type of content. And if they didn't attend, this is where we were able to gain amplification uh, with the virtual events is they can watch a recap of the virtual conversation. So that's what's called an event journey. And we were the first team in marketing to pilot that. So now other marketing channels are also using journeys, but for their own specific purposes. But the beauty of this tracking and reporting system is now everything resides in Salesforce and nothing leaves. So no, no Excel sheets are being passed around. Everybody is going into Salesforce and it becomes really dynamic too because once the invites go out and RSVPs are coming in, we build a dashboard in Salesforce for the relationship managers. So at any point they can go in and see, okay, how many people are registered? Who's not coming? which emails bounce, and they can click, 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 and be able to actually see which individuals 
have registered and then filter even down to their names. And so it just automates everything and makes everybody's jobs easier, but also we gain all these metrics now. So that includes the email performance. So we're able to now, you know, sort of look at the engagement, right? So how many people were invited versus registered? Did they open the email? Did they click? Which event communication had the most activity? And where can we improve from there? So having these metrics really help us you know, identify where the successes are, but also areas that we can improve on. And it just gives us insights that we would never be able to have if we didn't leverage this event journey. Because previously, the invitations were being sent via email, maybe it's a PDF invitation, and we have no way of knowing all those metrics that I just described. I love it because essentially it made us systematic and automatic, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We are in the 21st century, so it only... It's so wonderful that you kind of systemize this whole thing. And obviously, because you guys pile it and it worked well, that's why other departments are using it now too, right? Yeah. And, you know, the other component, like once we started this event journey for a year, there was a learning curve, of course, but then we were able to build more dashboards, which showed um, more reporting, right? So by year, you know, what was the event activity look like? And who were the top, you know, 100 clients that attended down to what's activity, you know, New York versus LA um, down to revenue level. I mean, it was, a, it's all a dynamic dashboard that we can click through and provide reporting in an instant as opposed to any manual calculations. Um, and it's all coming from Salesforce. Nobody is doing that manual work. So it just, I, I think, enhanced everybody's experience, including the clients. And we definitely have our MarTech team to thank for on that. That's awesome. It sounds like a dream. (laughs) And and I think the dashboard just makes it easy, like you said, because it just gives you everything in a quick overview Mm -hmm. and you're able to see where the journey is. Like you said, that sounds, I don't know, as a planner, that just sounds so exciting being able to track everything is it is it is and you know um the dashboards I don't know about you I'm a visual person so everything's like color there's like different colors and different sets of graphs and everything's dynamic and so it's just wonderful to be able to see that side of the event story that we hadn't been able to before and then tell us a little bit about your event design certificate, Connie. How are you using and applying that to your events also? Yeah, so I mentioned that earlier also about um, creating the event strategy for the business of Black leadership. But I discovered that through IMAX, um, the annual conference in Vegas, and it was a two-day session that we did with the event design collective. I had signed up for that class not really knowing what it's about and walked out and was just blown away um, and really understood why it took two days. But you basically use these maps that they have and they now have digital versions, a map and then the event canvas map and then a post event map, which you're really brainstorming in those sessions and you're using post-its and just basically putting up your ideas in a timed manner so that you could figure out how you want to create your strategy and and design your event. So predicting what the event behaviors are before the event, what are their pain points, 
What are they excited about? And then down to post event, what do you want them to walk away with? How are they feeling? What are their thoughts? Um, what is your vision of what you want them to walk away with? And then basically creating what the overall strategy is after all that mapping is done. And it's, it's about embracing change because a lot of times I think when we have to present ideas, especially to executives, they don't really understand the questions that we ask them to get a better sense of what they're trying to accomplish. And so when we do the legwork of this event design strategy, we're really able to put ourselves in their positions of what's important to them, create that strategy, and then present it to them. And it's all very difficult to explain in just a few sentences, but the team at Event Design Collective is incredible. Um, it, it just like, I'm a visual person, so being able to use these maps and these color post-its um, and just putting everything in writing and just being able to look at it on the wall, it really does spark ideas in an amazing way that you never would think um, because we spend so much time, I think sometimes as event planners, just making a checklist and figuring out the logistics, right? Of making sure what needs to be done at what time but not necessarily spending enough time on creating the strategy before you actually do the planning. And so while it does take time to do that, the, at least in my experience, when I have used this method, I am able to accomplish the objectives and the goals of the event by the end, more so than any other event without using this method. And so it just goes to show you if you have an annual series event or something where it's it should require a lot of strategy because there's a lot of job, whether it's like budget being spent or um, a lot of amplification that's being asked to put in, like, is it worth it? Does the amplification make sense? So having a strategy around all that before you start the planning to make sure everything aligns is really valuable and important. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I love it. So did you kind of continue, you know, your journey? There's so, been so many events and you're a veteran. We kind of joke about that as well, because we still look so young. But what <laughs> has been the pinnacle of your career so far? Yeah, so I say that I'll, I'll, I would say there's two. One is when I actually got a mentor and this was 10 years into my career. And I had been asked to try applying for the mentorship program that we have at the bank. And I always said, I don't have time. I don't have time. And a previous executive who's no longer with us, he used to be the executive sponsor of that mentoring program. And so he's like, you have to try it. You know, I guarantee you're going to have a really great experience. And so I finally did. I got matched with a mentor who I actually did not know at all. And I do work with a lot of people from all different areas of the bank. And it was such a pleasant surprise to be able to connect with my mentor in a way that I didn't think I could, that it was a safe space for me to be able to ask for advice. And he was such an amazing mentor where he just completely changed my mentality of approaching challenges or situations, you know, in my career at the workplace, turning every negative into a positive. 
perspective. I think sometimes like when we get just stuck, you know, in a place, we're just like, oh, this is so frustrating. You know, why can't it be this way? And he was always able to give me that light at the end of the tunnel and encourage me to go further. And so um, also, I think without him, I wouldn't have been able to get promoted or just take on more leadership opportunities because I probably would have been too scared to do so because any change is frightening or just if there's a chance that you think you might fail. And so with his support, I really felt like that was the pinnacle of my career where I was really able to feel confident and being able to move forward and move up in my career and take on those opportunities without fear. The other pinnacle is basically dealing with the pandemic and realizing that all of us as event planners have different skill sets that we weren't even aware of and knowing that we could change our careers at any time. I don't think that I ever thought of it that way. Um, and I think that the foundation of what we do can be applied to so many different careers and that learning a new skill set is very doable, especially video production, you know, um, down to building an email. I have no idea I would even have the opportunity to do that and just learning Salesforce Marketing Cloud. That's where we build our emails. But I mean, it was just incredible to, to basically understand the capacity of where I can grow and how much I can grow. And so while it was a hard time, not, you know, the unknowns and whether events will be coming back in person, I really took that time and it's just grateful for everything that I've learned and all of us rising above it. Uh, oh, that's so well said. It's true. I mean, for those of you that do not have a mentor, li just listen to Connie, get one <laughs> and don't be afraid. And you know what? Yeah. There are once in a while you are not going to have a good mentor, but just know that's not the case for all the mentors, right? You just got to move beyond that because I definitely heard that before. They're like, well, I have one. It wasn't great. Well, try another one. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. always my, I'm like, did you try another one? They're like, no, it was bad. But it's like dating, right? You don't just stop <laughs> dating after you yeah. try one bad apple. You got to keep going and you'll meet your prince soon, right? Oh, yeah. And I agree. I, it def you definitely need to have a connection. Um, and I, one thing I want to add to you while it's important to have a mentor is also to be a mentor. Um, one of the last advice that my mentor gave me because he left the bank, but we had chatted, you know, during the pandemic, he's like, have you become a mentor yet? And I was like, no, yeah. He's like, you can do it, Connie. Cause I was, I wasn't sure that I could be a mentor to someone and he's like, pay it forward. And so I did, I am now a mentor to someone at City National who I absolutely adore and we I've been her mentor for over a year now we started virtually and finally met in person the other week after over a year and I will have to say being a mentor also is an opportunity of growth I learned so much about myself sharing with her based on the questions that she asked me so while getting a mentor is very valuable being a mentor is also very important as well. Um, and you can still learn more about yourself. 
I hear that all the time. That's why people love being mentors. So it's so <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, any other additional advice you want to share with the audience before we kind of wrap up for today? Sure. I think, um, you know, just be agile. You know, I think the pandemic taught us that. And I think just going back to our topic of discussion earlier, crisis creates opportunity. Um, I think that as event planners, when I think we love sharing, you know, the craziest event experiences or, you know, that we planned and what went wrong, but there's always at the end, a solution that we found at the end of our story. And so with every crisis comes an opportunity and embrace it, even in the moment where it just feels like the world is ending, just know that that opportunity is just around the corner and you're going to get through it. Oh my God, such good advice. We should write a book with all the stories, <laughs> the crazy stories we have together, you know? I oh know, right? Gosh. I mean, those stories will be endless if you get a bunch of planners in a room. It's so funny because we did one event for 3,000 people and it would look so great. And then literally like 30 minutes after there was hail. And then it was like, see, oh, nobody knows. And then literally all the vendors were hiding under like sheds oh. and stuff, like waiting for the hill to pass. And it was like, what? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But nobody there's so knows. many great takeaways from today, Connie. I mean, I love what you share about creating the strategy before the planning. A lot of people do just dive in, right? So taking that moment to work on the strategy, that event mapping. You know, are you meeting with your attendees and really predicting that behavior? Those are so amazing. Your pods, that's another highlight that I really kind of took away as well. That's what I love about you. I think you're always thinking like outside the box, you know, like building that little connection and then just having the pause. Because even when I spoke, when you and I spoke during the pandemic, right, I think it was a time of connectivity yeah. and just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And just always exchanging don't be afraid to ask questions and also ask for help and then yes if, yeah. you know there are people out there who are willing to help it's okay if they say no but again just keep trying right and then last but not least and this is what one of the things I really admire about City National Bank is the you guys are always evolving whether it's from your pandemic you know taking it and doing the video production yourself to building this attendee journey dashboard, which I'm like, I want to, I want to look like, I want to look, and then how do we do our own? <laughs> that sounds amazing. Well, thank you, Amanda. I really appreciate you again, inviting me to be part of this. I had so much fun and it's been always great working with you. I truly see you as a trusted partner in this industry and just really grateful that, you know, we met years ago and here we are now today. I think just been going through a lot and I just really appreciate you overall. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I know you're super busy, so I'm so glad you're able to make time for us. And for those of you that are tuning in, make sure to check out Connie. She's amazing with City National Bank. And thank you again for tuning in today's episode of Event Up. If your company is looking to level up your event experiences, we are your solution. We do all the work. You take all the credit. Give us a call. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time on Event Up. <laughs>